Hi guys, thanks for tuning in. Just wanted to give you a little heads up, little warning that in this episode, uh, since we are talking about love, we do talk about some controversial issues. We bring up the abortion topic and we hope that it's not triggering for you. We won't be offended if you choose not to listen just for that, but we try to approach all situations with love and bring love and kindness to everything. So no matter what you're feeling may be on the topic. We hope that maybe you gain some insight. Thank you for tuning in and we hope you have a fantastic week. If you're celebrating Thanksgiving, we hope you enjoy it. Welcome to Exploring Spirituality with your hosts, Brittany Micah and Stacey Payne. Join us as we come out of our spiritual closet and coax you out of yours. Bring your skepticism, but leave your judgment at the door. Don't forget to catch us on social media and at our website. Right now, we're currently hosting off of throughtheself.com. Welcome, welcome. How are you doing today, Britt? Tired. (laughs) Me too. Yeah. (laughs) Me too. Um, It's kind of dreary outside. You know, we're getting into the... The cold weather, so definitely affected by that. Especially here, it's all gray. Yeah, yeah. We're in Ohio, so yeah, and it gets dark. I mean, it's 2 o'clock right now, and it's going to be dark in like two hours, maybe, not even. Yeah. So, um, yeah, it definitely is affecting us, you know? So, um, are you excited? (laughs) I'm almost like too tired to even ask that question. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, I'm always excited. Yeah. So today we're going to talk about love. And, you know, we kind of rescheduled last week and we were supposed to record last week. And, like, so going all the way up to it, I was trying to find, like, good videos I could watch, get some good books, like, try to figure out, like, exactly what it is that I wanted to talk about. I know I wanted to talk about love. Yeah. And in the sense of how love deals with spirituality, but like I couldn't find something that truly explained or said what I wanted to hear. Like nothing that really resonated that made me take notes and was like, okay, this is exactly what I want to talk about. Yeah. Um, But I did have a good conversation last night with a friend and it got me thinking, you know, he said he was raised Catholic and he had started questioning religion when he was in like second grade. And it was when he was told that, you know, Jesus loved his neighbors. Jesus loved, you know, like love thy neighbor, love thy enemy. And he didn't understand like, well, yeah, you know, I guess I love my family, but how could I love, you know, like my neighbor? How could I love, you know, someone who did me wrong, especially at second grade, you know? And then as he got older, he then um, found Buddhism and it taught him like a different type of love. Mm-hmm. He said he felt like in Christianity, um, actually, I think it was uh, Catholicism, but uh, either way, it didn't really explain to him what this love thing was. It just said kind of do it. With, I think in Christianity and Catholicism, it's meant to be an unconditional love. It's meant to be a caring kind of love. But as a second grader, when you hear love... The one thing that you're thinking is, okay, well, I know I love my mom and my dad. So you got to think of his central. So when you're little, that's the love you're thinking of, which isn't the same as like, oh, I love my neighbor or I love because you care about them and you care about their well-being kind of a thing. So it's, I think it's harder in in Catholicism or 
in any general religion, especially when you're brushing over like the basic tenets to look at it that way, because then it doesn't ever really explain anything. It just says love and lets you interpret it. Yeah. So I guess I was never really taught what love was. It was always just kind of like, this is love. I don't know. (laughs) I don't even know. I can't even think of like a single definition. And I actually tried to look up the definition of love and I could not find one just like the definition of God. Yeah. No, there's love is based on your culture, based on your feeling, based on where you're at in life. Love is not something you can define. You can attempt to define it to yourself, but it's never going to be a universal definition. Mm-hmm. So I totally agree. And I've started to notice that a lot of times when we talk about love, most people think of love with attachment. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You know, and so it's it's kind of like, yeah, I I love them in a sense as like almost putting, yeah, putting a hold onto it and having these, these, uh, parameters mm-hmm. as, as defining to what love is. Yep. So then what is love to you? Can, can you define that? No, I sat down and I tried what last week I was looking through papers and I, I was looking through some of the old papers that I had written for my love and action class, but even, I mean, even then it's, it changes and it was more or less, it's almost like, I think like a, I don't want to say like a do no harm because it extends farther than that because I can, I cannot wish you harm, but I, well, I don't love you, but it's, I don't even think I can define it myself. I guess if I had to put it into words, I would say that love is more or less just caring for somebody selflessly. All right. I, I get behind that. Um, for me, love, I I think love is actually harder to define than God. Um, and also in my vocabulary, love and God are interchangeable, which is why I wanted to kind of like bring up this topic. Yeah. You know, what is love? Uh, I had... I don't know, this realization that, uh, so I struggle, you know, with, um, I've struggled with anxiety. I've struggled with depression and I've struggled with like fierce anger. Mm-hmm. And I had this realization that those things don't necessarily exist as much as they are the absence of everything else. So they are the absence of like love and love is just this non-attachment, trusting, all-encompassing. Like, it's just this this eternal trust, mm-hmm. I feel like. It is yeah. what it is. It's yeah. almost like the void. Everything, everything, we're born into love. We are pure love. Like, we, this is like, sounds so hippie-ish, you know, like, saying it. But, you know, like, say, as we are children, we're born into, like, this innocence. So, love yeah. is also, you know, innocence. We're born into this innocence. We're born into like pure love and then we kind of get a little jaded um throughout our life as we come to things that aren't love that are the absence of love so i had the realization that really just like darkness doesn't exist it's just the absence of light most other things like fear most things like anxiety like depression sadness they don't merely exist they're just the absence of actually having love and love it even though we're born into it and we are it, it is not easy to come by. No. 
it, it, because, especially because of our, like, social norms. Yeah. You know, they kind of, like, uh, make us criticize ourselves. They make us, everything that we have in life takes us almost, I shouldn't say everything we have in life. Um, if you look at the seven deadly sins, those things take us further away from yeah. love. Yeah. You know, like, it, it, that's, so... I don't even know. I don't even think I defined love um, more or less as like got into everything I kind of want to like dig into because um, I think love is just the presence of of God. You know, they they say that, you know, you can't really there really isn't a Satan. You know, there isn't like an evil thing that is kind of protruding through it's just people who get further away from god it's just you know these different things that are kind of further away from that yeah does that resonate with you eh. <laughs> I, I still don't know how i feel about the whole god thing is where i'm at with it um i will say that i've been listening to a lot of norse mythology stuff recently and i think one of the things that i like the best is the fact that everybody when they die everybody goes to the same place Unless you die as a warrior, then you, you get lifted up and you go to either Odin's Hall or, um, I think it's Frigg's Hall, but everybody else goes to hell and basically hell is just going to a place where you can reunite with all of your ancestors and you can just be happy. So I- Do you call it hell though? Yes. It's called hell. Yes. Oh. Because the, I don't know if I would call her a goddess or she's got, she's got it. She's Loki's child but her name is hell so it was named after her not two else just one <laughs> but no that and that's to me that makes more sense i think i would resonate more with that kind of a thing whereas like if you if you stay on not a right course but if you stay true to what you believe in and true to yourself I think you'll be all right. Whereas like you were saying, when you, when you stray from that, you get farther away from, from what's good. But even that's good, bad is another problematic thing to define also. But I think that, I mean, at its core, it makes sense to me. Yes. So if you're, if you're straying from what is true to you and what is good for you or yours, then I think that you're straying from that love. You're straying from that kindness, that something that's good for you. Yeah. I hate, I hate using the word God. Um, the reason why I use the word God is because then everyone gets their own picture, Yeah, but it sucks because people who haven't like found their version of yeah. what they call God then gets the picture of you what just has have. been told to them. Yeah. And that is what I don't like. So yeah. it's like, I almost want to like think of a different word. So say instead of God, I'll use self. Yeah. Because to me, um, we go through the Bhagavad Gita, uh, that's a Hindu scripture, and it's yoga is the journey of the self through the self Mm -hmm. um, to the self. So it's the journey also, you know, to God or to this higher power, but this higher power is us that exists within us. Yeah, within you. Yeah. Yeah. And that is love. That is unconditional love. Like, and it's not... It's a feeling, but it's not a feeling, you know, and it's just this existence of like pure, pureness. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah. I I can't even think of. Unspoiled. Yes. Yes. And that. Yes. And that is love that, that knowing is love. Um, So then like, how does it come to, how do we, 
How do we get to love? How do we get back to it? And uh, see, what's interesting yeah. though too is love is defined differently the world over. So, like I read, this was in the class, so I don't have I don't have the actual paper I read it in, but it was a paper, and I, it had to have been a long time ago because the class was like five years ago. But the in the paper, it was explaining that in India. Love didn't occur until after you were married. Love was something you obtained when you were married. So thinking about it that way, whereas like here, that's not, I mean, you can love your siblings, you can love your parents, you can love whoever, but it could just have a different, different meaning. So in that instance in India, it's more of like a sensual love, like a lover's kind of a thing instead of like a a mother-child love or a father-child love. See, I thought of it as like a bond. When you, True. When you, when you described it as that, like, I was like, okay, so love to them is just like that bond. Yeah, yeah. That you have. That you strengthen mm-hmm. as as two people. Yeah. And, and that's a, another thing of like, you know, the spiritual realm. They say that the collective conscious, the way that we connect with other people uh, is through love. Yeah. And so it's that, that bond and that we can see that we are all beings and we are all love. I think I'd also like to stick in there that love is forgiveness also. Yes. Because I don't think, I think a lot of people, at least especially here in the U.S., forgiveness is almost seen as a I lost. You know what I mean? Instead of like, you know, you and I are in a fight and I go, you know what, I'm really sorry, I was in the wrong so then now I'm admitting that I have lost, like I'm defeated kind of a thing, when in reality, that's not, that's not what it is. It's just being able to go, you know what? I looked at what I said and I reflected on what I did. It wasn't right. And it wasn't kind. It wasn't anything that was going to help build our relationship. And therefore it wasn't done in love. Well, so yeah, then, forgiveness and compassion go like hand in hand. So when something is done onto you, being able to forgive the other person, which is one of the hardest things, especially when they really hurt you. Listen, I have grudges you know. from high school. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, but you know what? The only person that they're affecting is you and they're taking true. you further yes, from love. And so when they take you further from love, you then get into sadness. You get into yeah. depression. You get into low self-esteem. You get into everything else that isn't absolute love yeah you know if instead I had I was holding a lot of trauma into into who I was from people who had hurt me I'm I'm a Pisces so by nature um I am just wounded um I am a sensitive (laughs) soul okay I am literally just a giant wound yes (laughs) um but you know you could blame it on my astrology or I could just say like I am very sensitive Mm -hmm. and I also know the world only as me and my experiences so when someone doesn't approve of me or when someone says something bad about me it it cuts so deep that I begin to carry it and you know, begin to take those wounds. And then I started to realize how my grudges with people had affected my um, transactions with myself, Mm -hmm. had affected my transactions with other people then after that. And every time that I got further away from, you want to say 
love, or you could say this connection, this bond with the other person. So every time that I begin to separate myself from another person, I begin to feel more separated. Well, and And you're taking away from your experience too. Yeah. So you think of the first moment, you could probably remember a big moment in your childhood where you felt separated, where you felt, um, separated from love, whether it's you were not picked in something or someone said something mean to you. Listen, I was in, what was it? I think it was like, I was little, I was in like third grade. And the first time I remember somebody like picking on me was, um, another kid called me a dyke. And I had no idea what the fuck that was in third grade. And I, cause I, I remember being like, I don't know what, what are you talking about? Like that made, like, I had no idea what was just happening, but he said it with, with malice kind of a thing. So you knew he was picking on you or making fun of you kind of thing. Oh, the nineties names, man. Yeah. Yeah. And then, and I mean, but it's at the same time, it's like, it's one of those things where then you just feel like, well, why would you say that? You know, what about me made you say that kind of a thing? So you you start reflecting on yourself and then it just spirals. But then exactly, you start reflecting on yourself and you separate yourself. Yeah. So you don't think, if you were to remain connected and compassionate and viewing that bond, you would think like, oh, this poor kid. Well, yeah, thinking back on it now too. That he he heard that somewhere. That he heard it from somewhere that his family has instilled that hatred onto him, you know, well, his family, his environment, whatever it may be. Yeah. But something, Friends, and whoever. then something in you had triggered that in him to, to lash out. Yeah. You know, and it's, and it's nothing bad about you. So it's, even though like you triggered him, it's him that was triggered. Yeah. It wasn't Does your that, issue. Yeah. Yeah. And so there is that moment of separation and then we continue to get these moments of separation. And once we are separated from the collective, once we are separated from humanity, from knowing that like we are all experiencing this stuff, then we begin to get further away from love. Yeah. Well, and that too is like, and then it just keeps snowballing almost. So the farther you get, the more you almost see like you don't need it kind of a thing. So you just fall into like old habits or, and you just keep doing the same thing over and over and over and it doesn't benefit anyone. Yeah. And then, I mean, then I feel like then we slip into depression, self-loathing, low self-esteem, every situation. If I reflect back onto it, most of my limited beliefs come from a childhood experience where I was separated from love. And I almost I almost hate using the word love because it has such a stigmatism to it, you well, know? I was separated from connection. Okay. okay. Yeah, I was going to say. So when I say God, when I say self, I'll mean God. When I say connection, I'll mean love. Just so that we're able to have this conversation without having this image of me being a love-stricken hippie trying to... Well, and I mean, I think we can, I think at this point, I think we can almost define love in this instance as us, as a connection between humanity in general or a bond that we all share that is either nurtured or not. And if it's nurtured and it becomes something positive, we can all get along 
and, you know, it'd be beneficial for everyone, but when it's neglected, it either just gets, gets shut off or it gets, you get so far away from it that you don't worry about it anymore. So it just becomes like, like normal to see like in our society shootings and, and terrible, horrible things happening. And that's just our norm because most people are just like, well, I can't, I can't do anything about that. So. And if you look to these shooters and that, this is what prompted this whole, this whole podcast was we've had a string of mass shootings. Uh, I actually read an article that says we've already had like over 300 mass shootings in the United States this year. Yeah. And we haven't even had that many days yet. Well, we have now. It was like at 360. But, you know, we've had that many more shootings than we have had days. And it's saddening. And if you look at it, these people targeted a group of people that they were an outcast from. I don't mean an outcast in a bad way. It's an outcast as they didn't belong to this group. So they themselves... Or they see themselves as being slighted or... They, they have some kind of interaction that they perceive as being negative. Right. And so they were separated from realizing that everyone else is connected. So instead of seeing these these victims as part of them, they saw it as, as separate. Yep. So they got further and further from love. And as you get further from love, you get hate mm-hmm. and you get these, once you're unable to see people for being just humans, just like you and for having feelings that is dangerous. Oh yeah. They do it in war all the time. They dehumanize constantly. That's one of the biggest things that they do in order to make it almost not okay, but they do it to make it so that the men and women that are fighting in this in the war can actually separate that from everything else. It's it's sad and it's sad to see what's happening now. All of these things, you know, I had someone come up to me last night. So I was bartending for a friend's wedding and I had um, an older gentleman come up to me and he looked at me and he goes, "So, are you a Republican or are you a Democrat?" And neither I, yeah, I took a step back and I looked at him and, um, I could tell by his attire that he was a Republican and I, and you know, right now in the United States, we're like completely divided. Yeah. There's a huge dichotomy. Right. Uh, which I would like to think that I'm in the middle. I'm actually, it's a, it's funny because I told him, I was like, I have a lot of conservative views, especially mm-hmm. when it comes to the economics. My views are mostly conservative, yeah. but any time that humans are involved and that it comes to a human's rights, I am highly, highly, very liberal. Yeah. Always. I will always choose a human's rights. And any time that a a human tells me that they've been slighted or that they've been left out, I will always fight for them. So naturally, normally I would say I was more of a Republican until these past few years where I didn't want to become, um, I didn't want to go to that end because of the dichotomy that has Mm -hmm. now been created. And 
I told him I have very conservative views, but in any instance, I would rather give away everything, even if it's my money, so that another person doesn't have to feel outed. Yeah. Whether, I mean, if you look at all the communities now that have been outed and and like what I, I told him, you know, it doesn't mean that if you're a Republican that you are hateful, that you are racist. It doesn't mean that well, at all. Both sides have equal amounts of hateful people. Both sides have equal amounts of very good intentioned people. It's just a matter of they don't balance out enough that we can all just come to a point where we can go, you know what? Let's see what's beneficial for everyone. Mm -hmm. Let's reach a compromise. Mm -hmm. And it's not something that they're willing to do. And, and, you know, I've, I've had a few people argue with me and me and him, I should say, I should go back to that. Me and him actually, um, I had explained my point of view. I was like, you know, I had said that I was like, well, actually I, I, had made a joke and I was like, I am a dirty, uh, liberal hippie. <laughs> and he was like, Oh no. And then he looked at me and he's like, well, what do you think about abortion? And I instantly like, Ooh. I was like, okay, for one, this is not the place to talk about these things, but that I was like, let me just buzzer. Let me just say this. I love and accept people. And I am, compassionate for people's circumstances and I will not set someone no I I want to trust and love other people to be able to make correct moralistic decisions mm -hmm. you know not that say, suits their that, needs yes because every situation is different 100% and I did put in this sorry but people don't have abortions for fun that is a myth <laughs> and then I just was like I feel like some people get to a point where they become fearful or where they step out, they get separated. And right now we are separated into Democrats and Republicans. Yeah. And when you get that separation, you get further away, like we said, further away from love. Mm -hmm. You, instead of being in a bond or instead of bonding with people, you dissociate, you separate, you cut ties with, like you, you, you don't want to deal with anyone. And I, I'll say too, I'll be the first person to say that I have a problem with, I have a lot of trigger issues. Snowflake, hi. Yeah, me too. Um, <laughs> so a lot of the times when people bring up, um, and I've gotten better. But a lot of the times if people bring up God or Christianity, I usually immediately just shut it off. I'll listen. I'll be polite and I'll listen to what you're saying. However, you're not going to persuade me one way or the other. It's not something that I feel strongly about at all. But because you felt separated because of Christianity? Yes. Okay. Because when that happens, because then I'm just like, well, everybody's that way. That's not how I am. I don't want to listen to it. And I do that mm -hmm. a lot. I do that. I've done that um, a lot when the abortion topic comes up. I am heavily pro-choice. And when the stuff with abortion comes out, it's almost pro-life is almost immediately tied to Christianity. And I get so angry about stuff like that because it's just one of those things where it's like you were saying, nobody knows what situation I'm in. No one has any clue except me. 
I know where I'm at. I know what's good for me. And it, it gets to a point where instead of understanding the other person's side, we choose to put our opinion above theirs and we choose to draw that line between us. Well, yeah, we get this separated you know, we get separated from the person. We stop thinking, you know, we know that we have our own morals, but then all of a sudden when it comes to other people, sometimes we're like, uh, yeah, I don't really trust your judgment. I don't really trust that you're going to do the good thing. I don't think you have good morals is, yeah. is what a lot of people, you know, would say. Mm-hmm. And that's the thing is, is like not, you take the humanness out of people when you do that. And talking about this right now makes my skin crawl. Well, it also, too, puts your, you put yourself above somebody else. Mm-hmm. None of us are above, and none of us are above anyone else, period. I don't care who you are. It makes no difference. Whatever background you're from, we are all, we are all the same. We are all one human race. It's something that I think we're getting back to, mm-hmm. luckily, and we do have a ways to work towards that, but... It's one of those things where you can't, you can't put yourself above other people. You can't make, an opinion is an opinion. There is no right opinion. It's never going to be correct. It might be right for you and your life and your circumstances, but it's never going to be a hundred percent, hundred percent correct for everyone across the board. You're not going to find that. So now this brings us to a question because there is a bit of hiccup hypocrisy in what we are saying. Yep. So the other view, the other side, how do you approach that with love and can you? And then also you have you have a group of people and even some, I would say a majority, and I know I am sometimes some of them, that if you do support this, if you do approach the opposing side with love, then you're supporting it. I think that goes back to um, kill them with kindness kind of a thing, I think. So, like, if you if you and I are disagreeing on something, and let's be honest, I'm going to be the one who's going to be, I'm right all the time. <laughs> so, then you can come at me with, well, I, I understand where you're coming from, and you can come with compassion, and you can empathize, and you can, or sympathize. Either way, you can... You can see the other side, and then usually that diffuses a situation. Usually. So if you come to the table and you're having a discussion that ends up turning super heated, which with the holidays on our end, right around the corner, mm-hmm. is going to probably happen for some people. But if you come to a discussion and you go, you know what? I understand what you're saying. I see how that's affecting you and I understand how that's affecting you and I get how you drew your conclusion to where you're at. However, that's not my situation. That's not my circumstance. This is how I made it over here. What can we do so that we can make it better for both of us? And I think it almost opens, it turns an argument into a discussion, Mm -hmm. I think. And I'll be the first to admit that I'm very, very stubborn and set my ways and I try very very hard not to come across as my opinion's always right and I know I don't succeed all the time there's no way because especially with like um if I have a discussion about like abortion 
or if I have a discussion about, to me, there's no, there's, listen, you can't tell me what I can and can't do with my own body. However, I do understand that it's not for everybody. I do understand that it's a conscious decision. If you don't want to do that, that's fine. I'm not saying you have to. There are other options. There's adoption. You know what I mean? Yeah. But I get to, I get my, it's a snap reaction. Your snap reaction and I'm just seeing red. So for me, it's very, very hard to come at things. With love. With love. (laughs) But that's because my default emotion is typically I get mad immediately. It's just, I'm like a bull with red, like. And I will say, as the older I get, I can sit back until that's gone before I make a comment. But there's, I can't do that all the time. I'm human. I fuck up. <laughs> so, sorry for one, if we are um, triggering or offending anyone. I have to say that with anything political, I feel like. I don't know. Oh, I'm sure we've pissed a lot of people off at this point. Yes. But I'm just sitting here wondering how you get closer to love and get closer to connections when you feel such a divide. So when you have anger and resentment and all of these things and when you're triggered, how do you get closer to love? And what if the other person doesn't want to get closer to love? Are you wasting your time? I think... And by closer to love, I'm just talking about forgiveness. I'm talking about a bond. I'm talking about... A connection. I think that the best way to do that is to talk to more people with differing opinions. You know what I mean? Talk to a broad spectrum on either side so you can learn more about both sides, whether you're on one or the other. And in all reality, I think, especially in like situations where it's so polarized, I think a mediator would be fantastic. But, you know, in reality, we can't just, like, go rent a mediator at a library and be Mm -hmm. like, hey, come help me in this discussion I'm having. So I think the best way to do that would just to be, just discuss it with as many people as you can so you can see where everyone's coming from. Because then at least you can come back to that conversation or that situation and understand and have at least a willingness to grow that bond between you and that other person. Now, I'm also starting to realize that when I look at, you know, how how can other people not choose love? And I'm starting to realize that a lot of us in our society is based out of fear. It's not the easy decision to make either. No. No. So one of the quotes, I probably said it a million times on here because I will, this will always resonate true, but hate is easy and love takes, but love takes courage. Mm -hmm. Same thing. Fear is easy, but love takes courage. And love is that compassion. Love is that understanding. And love is also just allowing another person to do whatever the fuck they want to do. (laughs) Which is real hard for us. Yes. Trusting them because we don't trust No. We don't trust Well, the thing with humans is we all have opinions. We all think we're right at one point or another. We're not always going to be right. And a lot of people have a tougher time based on their circumstances admitting that they were wrong or based on their personality. Like, I have a very hard time 
with being wrong. I will admit when I am wrong. However, then I internalize and beat my own self up about it. But that's how I am. That's something I need to work on personally. And I think it almost can tie back into our previous episode when we were talking about doing some self-work also. So in, in being able to talk to more people and finding out their situation and their feelings, we also need to make sure that we understand our own mm-hmm. or we work on our own. And I'm not, I don't want to call them flaws because I, listen, we're all flawed. I get it. I don't like that word though. I am who I am for one reason or another. So in spirituality, it would be our shadow self. Yeah. And the shadow self, I remember you asking me like, well, what if happiness? Like (laughs) joking. Yeah, I was a dick. No. Happiness can be a shadow aspect. It's anything, any part of us that we don't want to recognize and that we don't want to grow. Yeah. Or that we are ashamed of. Well, and it's also... So sometimes, like, that could be, you know, something that we're not familiar with. Happiness, of course, can be a shadow part of us. And I think, I know me personally, I have, I'm the oldest of six. I was kind of left to my own devices because I was the oldest. I was responsible. I knew, you know what I mean? Which kind of sucked sometimes, because even though, you know, you still want some guidance, but I have um, almost like an armor that I have on, that taking that off is very difficult, because that's how I've been. And the second you take that off, you become vulnerable, and then everything gets a lot harder. The word that kept like resonating in my head is vulnerable, vulnerable. Yeah. <laughs> like, yes, that, that is totally true. And we as humans, I don't think like that feeling of vulnerability um, because then we have expectations, which then lead to heartache, which then lead to sadness. But imagine like if we were just like, as a hippie would say, just filled with love and just like respected people's decisions, even if they weren't in our best interest. Yeah. And still understood things. But then, you know, you could look at it in the other aspect. Do you think then we would get taken advantage of? By some, yes. Yeah. 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 Just like, you know, when we talk about, you know, the system, it's like, you know, when they want to talk about giving away anything for free, yeah, you're going to have people who are going to come and take more than one. You're, you're going to have people who might do that. But instead, if instead of shaming them, we began to teach them how to experience love, how to experience compassion and how to bring yourself inward. I think the whole world would change. And that was, uh, the guy last night that I was talking to. One of the things we had ended off on was that, uh, he asked me another trigger question. I forget what it was, but I had pretty much like stopped him and was like, well, what if in our schools instead we taught people how to be conscious And then I feel like that would solve all of our problems. Mm -hmm. It would solve our problems with money. It would solve our problems with greed, with hate, with war. If imagine if every person was a conscious being going through doing nothing, but trying to figure out how to make themselves better and being conscious on their decisions. Uh, If you go to the market now, you'll start to see uh, that, the products are beginning to change. You know, I was looking mm-hmm. for makeup yesterday and I saw like everything was like healthy skin and, you know, vitamins and this and, you know, all natural. And then I walked down the dog food aisle and everything was, you know, like whole grains and, you know, it's, it's 
we have the power to change because people are being conscious of what they're consuming. Mm -hmm. So look at how the world is changing just in in talks about supply and demand, just in talks of pure economics and capitalism. Yeah. If you're conscious about the choices that you make, the world around you is going to begin to shift. Mm -hmm. And, And imagine if we all instead chose to be, chose love, chose to be conscious, chose bonds, how our world would shape and change. Yeah. So the biggest question, which the title of this podcast uh, is, what does love have to do with it? I think it has to do with everything. (laughs) I think it's tied into everything in some way or another, whether it's the lack of or the need for, or that's all you are having, like you're giving. I just want to keep asking that question, like, what does love have to do with it? And the answer every single time is everything. Mm -hmm. Everything. Listen. And that's why I said love and God coincide with each other. Love and self bond and self it's all about the conscious collective and our relationships and our compassion and all of that is what makes us a a better person Mm -hmm. it makes us um into more of a state of samadhi into happiness into non-attachment happier person yeah for the most part i I even don't like the word happy because you know if we chase happiness we don't recognize everything else that comes the highs and lows content yes the contentment contentment is what we strive for yeah so what does love have to do with it absolutely everything yeah I will also say, though, too, we've been very, very positive this entire time. There are negative aspects of love. There There can be if it's abused. Okay. So. Or perverted, I guess would probably be a better way to put it. And those are not pure love. Like when I'm talking, when we're talking about love and we're talking about bonds, we're not talking about a sexual, sensual, perverted. Like, you know, we're not talking about, we're talking about a non-attached. So instead of love, we're just talking about a bond. Yeah. But they can, they can turn into negative. So, you know what I mean? Like, like if I start caring and caring and caring and every time I care, people are just constantly taking advantage because they aren't exuding the same amount of love, then I think it can turn into almost a negative. Well, you have attachment to it. True. That's the thing is, is practicing non-attachment with love is key because uh, I had a girlfriend say to me that. She was getting upset because she kept doing things. She kept, you know, provide, she kept giving people gifts. She kept showing up and giving people service mm-hmm. and doing all these things. And she wasn't getting anything in return. She wasn't getting the reactions. So people, you know, when they opened her gifts, they weren't like, oh my gosh, this is the greatest thing ever. And like telling everyone about it. When she went and did service, people weren't like posting about like what a great person she was. And so I was kind of like, well... That isn't selfless and that's attached. Like, so you're not really doing it out of love. You're doing it for the expectation that you're going to receive something. For the, yes. That, and that is not love. That's, that's pure ego. And that is, um, I don't want to say that's not love, but it's not. (laughs) (laughs) You know, it's when we expect a certain outcome and that's, you know, my fiance this was one of our like biggest arguments uh, was that he just did like this over the top, the sweetest things always. And sometimes I felt like he was doing it just to say he did it. 
Yeah. He wasn't doing it because he wanted my reaction because, you know, he wanted me to, he did want me to feel loved, but more than anything, he wanted to know that he was a good partner. Yeah. And since he's made the shift of doing things, because then what the one thing that that made him was miserable. Yeah. Because you're not getting what you want. Exactly. And then he's always constantly doing things for me. And that's why I told him, stop thinking about me. Yeah. If you instead, I love you so much. If you instead just focus on yourself Mm -hmm. and see how we both align, life would go so much smoother. Because then as you focus on yourself, you begin to love yourself more. And then you're able to love me without expectation. Yeah. So when you come in, when you look at me and tell me you love me, you don't have to hear I love you too. Yeah. Because all that matters is just putting it out there, not what you get back. And that's one of our greatest things is that we love with attachment. Um, and I, you know, I shouldn't say greatest isn't a good thing, but one of our biggest things is that a we big hurdle. Yes, is that we love with attachment, and as Shakespeare said, love ex- expectation is the root of all heartache. Yeah. So when to be selfless is to experience like pure love. So you really can't, it can't go negative. If you're always putting yourself out there, not getting anything back, I, I don't. Well, I meant more, um, if you're putting yourself out there and you're not, and it's harming you to do so. So like if you're putting, if I'm putting myself out and I decided I was going to help somebody out and then they decided that they wanted to do something else or something like that and then they, they I guess what I'm trying to say is to do it consciously. So like if I'm, I decided that I wanted to, you know, give somebody a ride home and they're like, all right, you know, I was like, okay, we'll be there. Just be here at like six o'clock. All right, cool. Well, they show up late every single time and then it causes me to be late to wherever we're going. You know what I mean? Like it's, it's harming my life or my outcome. Will the boundaries then come into play? Yeah. And to set boundaries. So saying no is not unloving. You don't always have to say yes. You don't always have to do it. And that's what I had, you know, told my uh, future spouse was that I would rather have you tell me no when you don't want to than say yes and overextend yourself. Oh, yeah. You know, because, yeah, love isn't just giving yourself away always. Yeah. Yeah. I think a lot of people feel that way, though. Yes. You know what I mean? Like, I know um, my mom will do anything and everything for anyone. And sometimes I'm just like, you need to, mm, mm, you need to not. Like, you're, you're doing too much. You got to stop. You got to put a stop somewhere. But she, she can't. The first part of love is loving yourself. That is the first, first step in embracing love and realizing that you are bonded with everyone is Realizing yourself that you are human, that you have needs, you have Mm -hmm. wants, that you have to set boundaries. You have to say no. You have to set stipulations. Uh, That's, you know, people ask me stuff all the time and they're like, oh, you could say no. Like, yeah, don't worry. I will say no if I don't want to do it. (laughs) I will. I have no problem. No. I have no problem with saying no. And then I also have no problem with, um, I, I want to, I don't want to say making demands, but, you know, kind of like setting my expectations and setting my mm. boundaries lovingly 
uh, in a way, and, and you know, it's all about balance. It really is. Because yeah. if you go to an extreme either way, like if you look at, if you want to get back to politics, you go an extreme either way, it starts mm. getting a little crazy. Yeah. You know, um, just with, with life, you could, there's, there's an enzyme in kale that if animals eat it too much, it makes them have seizures and kills them. Yeah. Anything in access is not good for us. Yeah. And, and so it's learning that balance, um, and also setting boundaries. But as I've gotten older, that's one of the things is that I think we have a wrong interpretation of what love is. Love is doing things selflessly, but you have to feel it selflessly. It doesn't mean just giving yourself away. Yeah. But it also is recognizing the moments of where you're not wanting to give and maybe trying to chip away a little at it. You know, notice like your patterns in life and see how you can change it. Mm -hmm. Better yourself. Yeah. Yeah. So there's not just one answer. No. It's not just like, oh, you, you're either, you give away selflessly and blah, blah, blah. And also all of this is, is what we strive for. Yeah. It's not, I would say it's one of the hardest things we'll ever do. Yeah. Yeah. It's not easy. Yeah. When I, when I preach it, when I talk about it, it's not that I have mastered it. No. At all. I don't think anybody really can. No. But to practice it, to get closer to it. I, I think that would make a, a better world. And it all oh, yeah. starts with, with us. Yeah. Starts with one, and that is you. Mm-hmm. And learning to love thyself is one of the hardest things. Mm-hmm. I think um, to learn to, you know, quote unquote, love someone else is pretty easy. Yeah. But you normally have love with attachment then. Yeah. So what is love? <laughs> No one knows. No. No one's ever going to know. No. I, I, yeah. Love is just this pure, non-attached bond that we have. The conscious collective, as you may say, that is love. Love is God or whatever that higher power you believe to be. That existence within you, that spark within you. Love is life. Life is love. Um Live, love, and laugh, right? (laughs) (laughs) Something like that. But, yeah, I have this um, really bad thing where I can't be serious for too long. So. (laughs) I'm serious all the time, so you're good. (laughs) Well, yeah, give me a little bit. Let's balance that out a little bit. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. Love. What does love got to do with it? Everything. Yes. Everything. (laughs) If I um, was feeling a little bit more uh, self-confident today, I would probably sing it. But yeah, no, definitely well, not feeling that. love get to do it. <laughs> That's all I got for you. Yeah, thanks, thanks. You're welcome. I'm sure everybody will f- love it. Yeah, yeah. I should really pursue my singing career. Right. <laughs> so if you were triggered today, notice where you were triggered at and why. Yeah. And then you can reflect on it and you can try and see if you can make it a little bit better tomorrow. Where it triggered from, was it out of love or was it out of fear? Yeah. And those are more, it's or not confusion, even. Confusion or it's not lack even of understanding. Because hate is fear. That's, that's all it really yeah. is. Fear of pretty much the unknown. Fear yeah. of something that is not familiar. Mm-hmm. 
I agree with that. And that's why I think everyone should get out and talk to people, travel, and be a little bit more diverse. Because yeah. then things wouldn't be so scary and there wouldn't be so much hate in the world. Nope. You know, half the things that people hate, it's because they don't know it. Just like my little daughter who was like, no, I hate that. I don't want to eat it. You've never had it. Get out of or here. Or any small child who does that, right? really. No, right. I hate that. Yeah. No, you don't. Yeah. You don't. Um, I remember being little and we used to, um, whenever you'd be like, oh, I hate this. And then you get to a point where you're like, okay, well, okay, I don't, I don't hate it. I just really don't like it. Because you, at some point, you understand how heavy that word is. Mm-hmm. And you, you're just like, all right, you know what? That's a little far. I don't hate it. I just really dislike it. Yeah. So. Yeah. Or it's just that you just don't like it. Yeah. And then you just. I don't like it. Yeah. Just don't have any any feelings towards it. We so. throw hate around like it's nothing. Yes. Yes. And if you see a person and you hate them you're putting feelings and effort i don't believe that anybody truly hates anyone to me hate is is no it most likely deep down they feel there's a wound triggered within them yeah so you know they feel left out they feel they feel wounded they feel um all these things which to some people they're gonna be like click nope don't want to hear that but That's, that's the hard part. That's why I, I think self-reflection is really freaking hard. Oh, yeah. Especially in, in today's day and age when we have social media and we have the media. We have so many different things that are, are constantly going. And we also live in a, in a very comparative society, I guess, where you compare yourself to everything mm-hmm. and anything. So, and it's, it's kind of going away. We do have a lot of, you know, stuff where people are chipping away at the, you don't have to compare yourself to anyone. You are you. You are no one else but you. So I have uh, started this practice and uh, I have it's been using mantras for whenever I don't feel love. I've noticed whenever I have a feeling that isn't love, I'm trying to change it. I'm trying to actively push forward forward to it and embrace it. So when I have now come to situations, um, where I don't have pretty feelings, <laughs> I uh, use the mantra, um, either like I am love, or I just repeat like love, love, love. And it begins to chip away a little bit of that like trigger. And then I begin to see like, why am I not feeling love? Why am I not feeling a bond here? Yeah. What in me is wounded it helps you cool down it does it does i, I love my classical mantras. music yeah that's good that's or good. disney i listened to toddler time yesterday oh. when i was angry there you go yeah <laughs> but you know it begins to chip away at that uh that little piece of us and then from then going forward what i like about mantras is that when you come to that situation where you're triggered again hopefully you underneath depending on how many times you use this mantra underneath you're then using this mantra you're then coming back to love 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 yeah so even if the first thing is is like i'm angered i'm i'm angered i'm i'm hateful i'm resentful here yeah you're getting closer you're it's kind of diminishing 
I should mm-hmm. say. Yeah. And you're getting closer to love. And then maybe over time, you'll maybe just dislike something. Yeah. Then maybe you'll be neutral to it. You don't have to like everything. You don't no. have to like have absolutely love. But you can notice that there's a bond, that mm-hmm. they're a person, that they're a whatever. Um, and you can always agree to disagree. Mm-hmm. With respect. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, yeah. Anything you want to sign off on? Never. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, uh, we are signing off. We hope that you feel a little bit closer to love today. And if you don't, uh, maybe get back to that, reflect on it, and see maybe what's, what's calling inside of you, what's coming out inside of you. If you want to reach out and give your loving opinions, you can. You can email us. You can reach us at our website at throughtheself.com. You can reach us on Facebook and Through the Self. And that's just about it. Anything else you got, Britt? Uh, For those people who are celebrating Thanksgiving, it'd be a great time to practice uh, some loving thoughts or mantras. (laughs) We didn't even get into that. (laughs) I'm sure, I'm sure some people, I will need it, let me tell you. Yeah. But, good time to practice. Do some, do some self-reflection before you have to go and sit Mm -hmm. down with your family. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And also, here's a challenge. Try to give love to someone who you either think is undeserving or someone who has hurt you. Yeah, that's tough. So, Try to meditate on that and try to visualize that person and imagine yourself giving love to them over and over and over and imagine yourself forgiving them. Okay. All right. So we are signing off and we'll talk to you later. Wish you some love and happiness, I guess. Happy Turkey Day. (laughs) Don't forget to check us out on social media. Currently, we're hosting at throughtheself.com. You can also find us on iTunes by searching Through the Self.